Welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. To stay up to date with everything going on, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Embassy Irving. We have a very special guest that is with us today. Listen, she brought her own amen corner. So if y'all don't say amen, I know they're going to say amen for her. Uh, but I'm going to be with them. I'm in her amen corner. Dr. Irene Fambro uh, is a gift uh, to the body of Christ. The doctor is there uh, not for flattery. She earned it. Um, you got a distinct, you have to make a distinction of that in church because there's a lot of honorary doctorates floating around for nothing more than just living a long time and being famous. She actually earned hers. She's a consultant. She's an author. She's a preacher. She's a teacher. She is a lover of God's word. And I'm so grateful for the connection that we have and uh, that she would share her gift with us today on the weekend that her daughter graduated from high school. Her parents are here. Her friends and family are here. They came like almost 30 deep. So don't mess with her on the way out because you don't know who's with her. But I want you all to stand to your feet and honor the woman, the gift, Dr. Irene Fambro. I'm so grateful to be here. This is exciting. Um, It's been a a great weekend celebrating my daughter. And I just want to thank pastors Tim and Juliet for the honor of just being here and uh, being um, what God has next for your um, family here. And so I think there is a, uh, a tendency, you know, to go, who's next and what's going on? And then, of course, you have a phenomenal, I mean, he already gave like the pre-sermon right there in the oversight, like, thanks. I was like, well, I can go home. That was phenomenal. Um, but I just want to um, thank you. Thank you for giving me space in this moment. My family is here. My parents, Dr. John and Mary Hannah are right here. And... Uh, So my mother and father-in-law, Pastors Ed and Veronica Giles, are here as well. And then my amazing husband, who is, uh, we like to share the the doctorate since we uh, we shared paying it. So this is the co-doctor, Kenneth Fambro. Yeah. He doesn't care if it's honorary or not. He was like, I'll take it because, you know. So, um, and, but speaking of our partnership, I have come to a strong, strong decision And it's going to feel bold and it's going to feel awkward, but I cannot partner with my husband. I know y'all just did upset the vows and this is really awkward. (laughs) So I'm going to upset him differently. I can't partner with him in games. Anybody else who cannot partner? Oh, okay. Just inside. Just like, just give me a nod or or an up nod. Like, mm mm-hmm. Like... There is something that goes on within both of us when game time happens. 
Amen, right? It's like already, amen. So now we equally, you would think, I've gathered much data on this. See, this is that doctor side. I have researched this. This is 21 years of game playing that have gone well. So you would assume that I'm saying this because we didn't win. No, oh, we've won, okay? But the upside does not outweigh the downside. <laughs> Let's take charades, for instance. I believe that you should be able to read my mind. <laughs> take one of my girlfriends here. I would just be like, and they were like, oh, oh, she means a squirrel. That was a squirrel. I totally get it, it was a squirrel. Now, Kenneth, on the other hand, he believes in spades that I should be counting cards. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That I should memorize every card that he has played, right? But that's part of it. You're like, that's the whole point of the game, lady. I got it. But if anybody wants a spades player right there, he'll play with you. The, the upside of winning has not, has not outweighed the dysfunction that has occurred when we have lost. When we have gone home, like, what were you thinking? I laid this. You were supposed to lead. You were supposed to watch. I said this. I made this mood. And on display is the dysfunction of our partnership. However you have encountered partnership, that is going to feed into your belief about it. And why that matters is because woven into your DNA is partnership. At the very core of when God created you was partnership. Actually, back up a little bit, it was a partnered decision. In Genesis 1.26 is where it begins. And you may be a little frustrated on your YouVersion app because I'm using the Passion Translation and the Genesis one just came out. So you're going to have to actually look up. You're gonna, I know, it's going to be a hard moment. It says, then God said, let us... Let us, well, who is us? We weren't there yet. The Trinity's there. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what we understand, because we always operate in hierarchy, they operate in this beautiful synergy. It says, let us, in a partner decision, make a man and a woman in our image to be like us. However you have encountered partnership will determine your beliefs about it. He goes on to say, let them reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock, over the creatures that creep along the ground and over the wild animals. However you have encountered your partnership with people will determine how you think you should partner with God. And it's in your DNA. It's in the very core of how he made you to be. But think about it. His choice to partner is just as powerful as ours. He could have chosen any other way. Now, if there are any parents, which we know we have some new ones here, I won't tell you the whole story and how it works out. So, and if there are those that have witnessed really poor parenting, so I feel like I've covered everybody, right? <clears throat> there's a beautiful thought about parenting. And you start with these ideologies that say, you know what? 
we're going to work this out together. We're going to work this together. I'm going to say something, you're going to respond, and then we're going to all end up doing what I want to do, right? (laughs) But it doesn't play out that way, right? So when I think I want partnership with my kid, what I really want is a dictatorship. I lied. I lied. That's what I want to say. My kid's here. I lied. I lied. I wanted to talk it out, but it, it was only to the point, then you had another idea, and I don't like your idea. So you know what? Now I want to switch. I want a dictatorship. God could have chosen any way, guys. Think about it. The moment that you're looking across and you think, I would have rather made robots, not thinkers. He could have done that. He could have made a hierarchy. He could have made a dictatorship. He could have done anything he wanted. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? Let us, let us make man and woman in our image. This is where we're starting. This is where we are, is in this very beginning where he comes out and he wants to pursue partnership with you. The way we know he's pursuing it, by choice. He made the choice to give us choice. Now, I want you to think about that in the garden. He has two trees, right? Why two? Why not just one? Why not just make it evidently clear I put one tree, and if I put it right here, you can't miss it. Like, go for it. Or let's remember they're naked. Don't try to imagine it. Just remember, just vaguely remember they're naked. Why not put one tree in the middle and then put the other one like on a really snowy mountain with thorns around it? Like, you know, the coerced choice. I'm still in parenting, right? Y'all know the coerced choice. The one that you make really, really good. Then you're like, you could do this or or you can do (laughs) that. But is coerced choice a part of partnership or hierarchy? Because if he wanted partnership, he's going to have to give me free will. Yes. Yes. Both trees are in the middle of the garden. They're right next to each other. And he says, you're daily going to have to walk by the choice you shouldn't make to walk to the one that you should. Wow. That's great. That's good. The partnership that he's after for you, it's a pursuit. It's constant. It's not just once. He's after you. Now, one part of that pursuit was the free will, but the other part of it was the empowerment. You heard at the end, he said he gave them dominion, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. It's not partnership if you're not empowered. If you can have the title, but you don't have any authority, then you're just a puppet. Can I, can I... Can you take that in, that you are both partnered and empowered by the creator of the universe? Like, let that one come in, because it's not, it's not an equal partnership. Okay, it's not like God made the heaven and the earth, and we made the sun and the moon, and we were like, hey, do you want to get together? Because I think this would work out really well. I mean, you get how unfair this partnership is, right? Okay, like you've been in a game when someone dominates and you're like, I'm with them. Okay, right. That's most often really honestly any sports thing with Kenneth. I'm like, I'm with him and Kalila and my son. Like, I'm just with them. Like, yes, wait till we get to academics. I can show up a little better. So, but do you feel the 
I mean, I can't even put us on the scale with him because the reality is he made me. Right, right. That doesn't even work. Like that doesn't, that doesn't add up. And he says, if I could choose a way, I choose it in partnership. Mm. He can do it. He is all powerful, all knowing, all present, all of those things. He says, I can show up and do it myself but he chooses not to. He chooses to say, I choose partnership. And right now, a lot of times we say, oh no, 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 God, it's all you. And we try to cut ourselves off from that responsibility. And he says, no, I'm waiting on you. My plan is partnership. His pursuit of you is in partnership. And so I want to see you find yourself in this journey of partnership. Just like Joseph found himself in this story of partnership. When we first meet Joseph, is actually in Genesis 30. And it's in the middle of, hmm, let's see. Let's just say he's in a blended family. I think that's probably my nicest way of, I was like, what's the best way? His mother married his father, which sounds great, except for there was a, another marriage before his mother's marriage, and there wasn't a divorce. He actually, his Aunt Leah is both his stepmother and his aunt. <laughs> Jesus, right? Like, like, I don't care what family thing you show up to, it is not dysfunct- as dysfunctional as this moment right here. Like, his cousin is also his half-brother. Like, this is, a, this is the weirdest scenario that you could ever imagine in, a, in some kind of blended family. And this is the environment that Joseph grows up with. When you think, of course it worked out for him. I want you to recognize how dysfunctional it was when he started. That's his starting point. So we hear about him in Genesis 30, but in Genesis 37 is when we really get to know him. He's 17 and his mother has passed away. This picks up in verse three. Now Israel, Israel, now this is, um, Jacob is his father's name and then God changes his name to Israel. By the time we get to Genesis 37, this is where we pick up his name as Israel's. Israel's love for Joseph surpassed that for his other sons. Okay, this is healthy, because he was born to him in his old age. So Israel had made him a richly ornated robe. That won't be dysfunctional. I will give one kid something and not to any of the other ones. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than he loved them, they hated him and would not speak a kind word to him. Do you get the environment? Are you, are you picking up on the fact that this isn't the best functional family? Now, one night Joseph had a dream and when he shared it with his brothers, they hated him even more. I don't know that Joseph got inference very well. Listen to this dream I had, he told him. They were binding sheaves of grain in the field and suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood straight up. And your sheaves? Wait for it. (laughs) They gathered around mine and bowed down to me. Oh, okay, buddy. All right. I'll show you a bow down, chief. 
His brothers asked him, oh, so you think you're going to be our king? Do you actually think you're destined to rule over us? So the dream that he told them about made them hate him even more. And, and Joseph, I don't, I don't know what kind of like, you know, I'm rubber your glue, whatever you say. I mean, like, he, I don't know what kind of deflection he had or avoidance, but he was like, guys, I have another dream. And right after this one, <laughs> you didn't like that one? There's more, go wait, there's more. You're like, Joseph, like, you're, you know that moment where the person in the movie's not picking up what they're putting down? You're like, I'm feeling so awkward for you that you can't catch on. Like, it's, it already said they couldn't speak a kind word to him. Yeah. And now he's like, guess what? I'm gonna rule over you. I had another dream. I'm still ruling over you. <laughs> You're like, buddy, you, you are missing it. But why is he sharing the dream? He can't, because he's 17. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Because <laughs> he's 17. My daughter's 17. She's like, don't say it. I was like, oh, you're ready to leave the house. I feel it. I feel it. You're trying to make decisions. I see you. Okay, just hold it down just a little bit till we get out. Because he's 17. And deep within his core is the desire to partner. To be seen and heard and validated. The only problem is, is he's partnering with the wrong source. And he's like, hey, I got something. Can you partner? Do you see it too? Because that's what partnership does, right? Do you see it? Can you agree with this? But they couldn't. And they rejected him. We've all done it. We've all partnered with the wrong source. Whether it was a friendship, whether it was a job, whether we, we try to source our partnership in our children, what we did, our title, our money, how, how successful things were, how many people liked this, how many people viewed it on our feeds. We've all been it and we are still tempted to do it and continue to do it because it is that still that opportunity where those two trees are in the garden and I have to choose to walk past one to get to the one that brings me life, to the partnership that I was made for. I don't even know if we were ever, that we would never have eaten of the other tree. All I know is I was supposed to stay at the tree of life. Yeah, yeah, right. And if I'm rooted there, he'll tell me what's good and bad. Yes, absolutely. He'll tell me what's right and wrong. Yeah, it's good. He won't command it. He'll bring it out of partnership. I want to show you something. Mm. Why walk through the garden with somebody if you're going to command them? Mm-hmm. He wants to walk in the garden with someone he wants to partner with. Amen. And that's where he's at with Joseph. But Joseph's right in the middle. He's in the middle of a process of partnership. Because where he comes from is a long line of dysfunctional partnership. Starting with his dad, Jacob. Later called Israel, but started off as Jacob. Heel grabber. 
Those were, those were some really honest parents. Like, when they named their children in the Bible, they didn't mind if they were being, like, brutally honest and mean. It was just like, you know, oh, okay, you're sassy. I'm calling you sassy. You know, this one's heel grab, literally grabbing the heel of his twin brother coming out. And was grabbing and going after and forcing and manipulating all through his story. All through it. He tricked his brother out of his birthright, lied. Then he goes, and in fleeing his brother, goes to his uncle Laban, who apparently they were really related because he had the same kind of issues too. You want to know how they became a blended family? Well, Jacob wanted to marry Rachel, worked seven years for her. And I don't understand what happened on this wedding night. So weird. Were, were they the exact same build? So, I mean, were they the same height, same build? They weren't twins, so I, I don't understand what happened. Like, I mean, how thick was the veil that was over Leah's face? How dark did they say, like, candle lit? Was it real mood lit? I don't understand what happened, but Jacob steps up thinking he's marrying Rachel, the love at first sight. And when did it happen? Like, when did he, <laughs> y'all, when, I don't, I don't, I, I will leave, hold down my imagination. But when did it happen? And it was like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, the kiss at the end? And he's like, I love you, brother, Leah. Like, why? Why am I married to another woman? And Laban's, like, the logical answer isn't, that's, you know, love the one you're with. He didn't sing it to her. Okay, that song didn't come out yet. It would have been a good time for it. Okay, but he says, just work seven more and you can have the other one too. Oh, okay. I mean, my sister and I couldn't share a bathroom, but let's share a man. That'll work out really, really well. And Laban uses this control. Jacob partnered with force. Laban partnered with control. But let's not leave Rachel out of the story because when Jacob is trying to leave and flee from, make a plan to get away from Laban, she goes in and steals all of her dad's household idols and conveniently hides them underneath her. And then says that Mother Nature is here and she cannot get up from her camel. Um, seems weird, but what is she partnering with? We don't, we don't get this because we don't, ha- we don't think we have idols. But this is a God trying to partner and change the generational line of a family. They still had some idols mixed in. And what she was clinging to was what was familiar. You can partner with many, many things. And so you can see why Joseph, in a long line of generational dysfunctional partnership was clinging and saying, man, I I know y'all hate me, but do you want to partner up? (laughs) Like, I don't know what else to do. This is what we've done. This is what our families have done. I don't know anything else. And in the process of this, this process of partnership where he doesn't know how to choose the right partner God makes room for him. Can I just give you some room 
in the process of your partnership, you have room to make the right decision and you have room to make the wrong decision. Like, it's room. You don't understand because everything's compacted and we think we, we've sanitized these stories in the Bible. You don't see how dysfunctional and human they are in this. You've got to get into the word and go, God, why would you let us know about this? Like, I would hop over the part that, you know, the, the two sisters and the weird, like, you know, there are things that I would skip over. You can go all the way to Jesus' story. How do we even know that, he, that he's crying out to God to let the cup pass? That's only a conversation between him and God. He had to be vulnerable with someone. He had to say, this is hard for me. This isn't working. This, this is who God chose to partner with. And if you think you were too messed up or everything's too dysfunctional, God says, no, that's why I put all the dysfunction on display. Right. That's good. Because this is, this is who I have deemed a partnership with. Yes. I, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm not going anywhere is what God wants you to hear this morning. That's good. That's good. So in the middle of this process, brilliantly, Joseph's father says, hey, go check up on your brother's. Did you ever have like a younger sibling that had to check up on the older sibling? Who was the younger sibling who had to go check out on him? Anybody was the younger one? Okay. Now, who was the one that called him a snitch? Y'all like that word as the older sibling. Y'all are like, you're a snitch. So he goes out and he's checking on him. This is, this is how the beauty continues. Genesis 37, 18. As he was still a long distance away, the brothers recognized him by his robe <laughs> Like, oh, yes, the robe. And by the time he reached them, they had plotted together to kill him. Like, I mean, my sister and I might have fought, but I just didn't think at the end of the day, I was like, okay, you know what? (laughs) Cappuccino, take it, you know. This is where they were. Like, if you want to know the level of where where they were processing, (laughs) their partnership was on another level. And this is why the Old Testament feels so long and painful. It's because we're waiting on people to partner. Okay? You you see how long that one is, right? We're waiting. The things that you want to have happen in this earth, we're waiting for partnership. We're waiting. There's a generation waiting on you to do your part so that the next can do their part so we can continue to do our parts. The dysfunction out in the world, the enemy's not that good. Just be honest. Like, he can have a strategy, but he's not that good. We've just abdicated our thrones. We've walked away from our partnership and we said, oh, to God be the glory. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And he says, I am trying. And it's through you and you and you and you and you and you. Only choose partnership. I am a God that can do anything, anywhere, anytime. Yes. But often we use his sovereignty to be lazy in partnership. God says, the reason it's not happening is because I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Each time, each story in this word, all he needs is one person. 
One person to shift it. He needs one faithful person that says, I will commit. If you think it's not enough to be you, all you have to be is that one person. And this is where Joseph lands. He's in the process. And in the midst of that, they come up with a different plan. His brothers, who you want them to come alongside and wake up and see and say, hey, you know what? Our parents didn't do it right. We weren't given the same opportunities that somebody else was, but we can make a different choice. But they don't wake up to that. And in his process, they want to partner with something different. And so they decide to sell Joseph into slavery. A place that they eventually regret. But you want to talk about rejection. You want to talk about pain. Here's Joseph and his, you could, can you see his heart to want to be received, to be accepted? I had this dream. Can I share it with you? I mean, it's one thing to tell me no. It's a whole other thing to sell me into slavery, to say, not only do you not belong with us, we, we are actually going to change the course of your destiny and put you with other people, not just with them, but underneath them. There are people in your life that have rejected you. There are people in your life that are trying to change the course of your destiny. Your dream scares them. It makes them uncomfortable. It's unfamiliar. It it takes them out of control. Your discomfort is not working for them. And so what they're going to do is they're going to sell you off into something. But God. But God. But God. has a way of turning things around. Genesis 39.2 says Yahweh, this is uh, the Hebrew word for the Lord. It actually wasn't spoken because it was so sacred. And by encountering that different word of the Lord, maybe he wants you to encounter him different today. Maybe if I say Lord, maybe if I say God, but he says, let's say Yahweh. Yahweh's presence was with Joseph. And he became successful while living in the house of the Egyptian master. That word with in the Hebrew, it actually is a marker of association. Take that in. I know it sounds really nerdy, but it's a, it's a marker. It says I'm with him and he's with me. Literally, God's presence in that moment says, you're in partnership. I want you to know, no matter what it looks like here, you and I are still in partnership. No matter what the environment is saying, no matter how much you were rejected, you and I are still in partnership. And Joseph needed that. He He actually also needed the rejection. Yeah, that's what I said. 
Okay, if, you, if you're married, can you at least be happy of all the boyfriends and girlfriends that God didn't say yes to? There's some real awkward relationships in that beginning start, right? So that you could get to the one that you needed, wanted, desired to say yes to. Sometimes the rejection is good because it drives you to the thing that you want, that you need, to the partnership that's right. Joseph wanted partnership with his brothers, and we can be thankful that they rejected him so that it could drive him to the right source in the right place. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting for Joseph's story because his partnership now becomes actually something that has a, uh, a fruit to it because he has great favor with the Egyptian master, but the Egyptian master's not just being a nice guy. He has great success in his household because Joseph is there. And partnership, that testimony of partnership, it's attractive to people. It actually makes you want, them want to draw you out of that partnership. And that's where we get in Potiphar's house. In Potiphar's house, what we step into is a moment that Joseph actually is doing really well. He has God's presence. I mean, as well as you could be as a slave. Let's just put it in that term. Like, okay, I mean, like, really well. Like, the next one, he gets to the jail, and he's like, and he had great favor. I'm like, what does that look like? Do you get your own bathroom? Like, how does that look in there? But okay. I know. <laughs> Made you think, right? In this moment, he's there. And I mean, it's as good. It's like the best and the worst. And then Potiphar's wife decides that she's attracted to that partnership too. And so she would like to get in on that. As much as you think Potiphar's wife is so far from you, okay? As much as you think that she is so bad, how many things have you flirted with? How many places have you come close to? Because the aroma of their partnership with God was so amazing that you thought they were the partner you needed to come up to. So you flirted and you positioned yourself and you got yourself into a place to set yourself up instead of letting God do it. What you do, your choices, what you flirt with, Your words, your thoughts, your actions, who you partner with, your source matters. And it doesn't matter once when you called on his name as savior, it matters every single day. Every time you're going to walk past that tree, will you choose thinking you know what's good and bad or will you choose life? What are you going to partner with? What will you partner with today? And will you give him room in your life to process you through that partnership? Because this journey started for Joseph at, Joseph at 17. I'll go ahead and give it away to you. It doesn't come into any kind of showing until 30. Will you give him room for that? Will you give him that much room to give you a promise all the way here and watch everybody else's dream go fulfilled except for yours? Will you give him room for that process? 
So in that place, Potiphar's wife sets him up as if he attempted to rape him and he gets sent to jail. Genesis 39, 21. But Yahweh was with Joseph. The marker's still there. The marker's still there. God, I don't understand what's going on. God, I didn't do anything wrong. God, this isn't okay and this is not fair. God says, but I'm still here. And demonstrated to him his faithful love. He chose covenant with us. He said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. He's like, but God, this doesn't look okay. He's like, but I'm not going anywhere. And he gave him great favor in the sight of the warden. Sometimes the process moves quickly, but most often it moves slow. It could be because something God's working out and orchestrating, but a lot of times I find that it's because there are things I'm growing in. He's like, you actually don't need the tree of good and bad because you have me. And in partnership, I want to show you some things, some places, some fears you need to let go of, some things you need to grow in, some gifts that you have that I gave you along the way, beautiful places. The process is more of the time that you spend in your life than the arrival. The arrivals happen in a moment. Just, I mean, they're, they're so brief. They're so brief. And that's, and we get consumed by them, but the process is life. This is where you operate. And if you can steward the process, man, you can enjoy yourself along the way with him because of his faithful love. That's not going anywhere. Joseph could have partnered with many people. He tried to partner with his brothers. He could have partnered with Potiphar. Potiphar's wife would have loved to partner with him. In jail, he could have partnered with the warden. And yet he continues to stay in the process. And so in the jail, there are two people there with him, Pharaoh's cupbearer and the baker. And they had a dream. I have a dream. You know, so like, so they go off like right into some like musical fashion. But, but can you imagine though his, um, his partnership with dreaming? Like, I have a dream. Oh, okay. And where someone wasn't there to hear his dream, he's willing to listen to someone else's. He was willing to give what he wasn't given. He was like, God, I, okay, I'll still be faithful. In jail, wrongly accused in jail, wrongly accused in jail. Oh, you have a dream. Okay, you want me to give, God? He says, yeah. So he gives an interpretation to those dreams and they turn out to be absolutely correct. The cupbearer is placed back in his position. The baker didn't have a good day and he died. You know, it's like, sorry. You know, can you, him anticipating like, and, and y'all notice the setup in the Bible, the cup baker, I mean, the cupbearer, he's like, you're gonna live and it's gonna all be fine. You know, so the baker's like, all right, dream number two. And he's like, yeah, it's not gonna work out for you, buddy. <laughs> You got the Jordan of the stick. I don't know what you baked, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good. (laughs) 
And so the cupbearer goes into his place and he says, will you remember me? Here, two, two things that will happen in the midst of partnership that the enemy likes to use. One of them, he'll try to partner you with the wrong source. But the other part is he will make you believe you are alone. And that's where Joseph was left in prison, forgotten. Another promise broken. Now, if you notice, uh, if you know the story of Joseph, then you may think that when I get to this aspect next that you know what I'm talking about, but I, I hope that maybe there's a twist for you today. Because there's the pursuit of partnership, there's the process of partnership, and then there's the product of partnership. And if you know his story, you're like, oh, I get it. Because eventually, the cupbearer has a like aha moment because Pharaoh has a dream. And he's like, I have a dream. I know that song. Okay, wait, I know. There's a promise I made to somebody. Like, where is that? Oh, two years later, guys. Two years later. Two years later. Like, did he maul the cupbearer first when he came out? <laughs> like, like you fool. I, I mean, I, I was there for you. I, you know, you missed it. But he comes out. And Pharaoh approaches him and says, or he approaches Pharaoh, let's be honest. He had to get cleaned up first. He was like, you're too ugly to come see Pharaoh, so get cleaned up and then come see me. And so Pharaoh shares that he has a dream. He actually has two, which is a beautiful pairing in the story of two bookends. He says, can you interpret this for me? And this is what his statement is in Genesis 41, 16. I cannot do it alone. I can you hold that one, give space for that one a little bit. I cannot do it alone, Joseph replied. God will help me to give Pharaoh the proper interpretation for Pharaoh's welfare. The product of partnership, is it too simple to say that it's partnership? Because eventually he gets the dream right and he becomes second in command in Egypt. But I think I will be selling you short to tell you that the product of partnership is something that you do. Because then you will believe and come to the false theology that God only wants you so he can use you. I'm sorry, I have a a problem with that. Because I know too many people that want to use me, who want relationship and partnership with me for what they can get from me. And if God becomes like everything else that I know, then how is he any different? God says, I'm for you. I'm in partnership with you because I just want you. And Joseph's testimony today was not one that said, it was all God and not me. Because that doesn't give a testimony to his original design. It's not the opposite either. It's all me. Not God. That's not a testimony of partnership either. He just says, I can't do it alone. And God says, "I, I choose not to do it alone. I know he can do it alone. I get it. He is God all by himself. I get it. But for some reason, he chooses to partner with me. And he says, I want to come alongside you. The very thing that he's after is you. 
And I don't know that if you believe that you're worthy enough for just that pursuit. For you, it's big enough it's, if, if it's because I'm going to go do something and I could be used for great things. He's like, yeah, but will you let me pursue you for you? Guys, there is an overflow. There is a fruit that comes out of partnership. Joseph shifts an entire generational line. He opens it up and clears the paths. And the amazing thing is, is that the brothers that witnessed this partnership now actually get to have an opportunity too because Judah, not Joseph, who you think would carry the line out to get to Jesus. Judah, who has his own dysfunction if you want to read more. (laughs) Judah, it's right in the middle of Joseph's story too. Like, go find it. Like. Judah is the one that carries the line out to Jesus. Could it be the witness he saw of Joseph's partnership? It's going to happen. The flow will happen. But what he's after is you. He's after you. And so I don't know where you are today. If you're in the pursuit, maybe you didn't even know he was pursuing you. Maybe you felt like where you came from or where you're at is too dysfunctional, but he's pursuing you. And maybe today you need to say yes to that pursuit. You need to accept him into your heart and say, I want to make Yahweh, I need you in my life. I want to accept you into my heart and I'm going to give you opportunity for that. There are those of you in the process and it's been a long process. God gave you a dream or maybe you were rejected in sharing that dream. Maybe you've been partnering with the wrong source. I mean, there's so much in the process that we find ourselves in. Or maybe today you're challenged by the product. Maybe you don't even feel enough that that's big enough to go after. But what I want you to know is they're not like gain levels that you pass and then you're done. They're they're more circular because maybe he's pursuing you in a deeper place of partnership. Maybe he's taking you through a different process. Maybe he wants to show you a different aspect of your partnership that is so amazing. But all I know is that I stand with Joseph and I say, I can't do it alone. And that God chooses to not do it alone. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you are that person here today and you um, want to say yes to that pursuit, you have never asked the Lord into your heart. You have never made a marked decision to say, Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I would just ask you to repeat after me quietly in your heart. Jesus, today... I want to make you my partner. I want to accept my partnership with you. Forgive me for partnering with all the wrong sources. I choose you. I choose life. Today marks my partnership with you. If you're in the room today, and you've been partnering with the wrong source, that you know you've been going after other things besides him, would you just quietly have a moment with him? Have a conversation 
with the one who wants to be with you, who's going nowhere. Father God, we just, we take in this moment and we remind ourselves that you chose us first, that you came after us and that we get to choose to respond. We choose your partnership. We choose you. Walk with us. Show us how to walk past the tree of good and bad so that we can get to you, Jesus, the tree of life. We love you deeply in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text Embassy City, all one word, to 77977. We pray you had a great week. Thanks for listening today.